Welcome to Ideas Into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. If this isn't your first episode, by now you would know that Ideas into Reality is produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking. And we love to work with startups and entrepreneurs and share their stories via this podcast. What you may not know, though, is that we also have members of our community that are not on a journey to take their idea into reality. Our co-workers who are working remotely for a company or organisation that doesn't have an office here in town. Many people have recently had the opportunity to try out working from home due to the coronavirus pandemic. And not everyone has found it as wonderful as they thought it might have been. As we provide the physical space for people to work, we consider it an office away from home. Having a reason to get up, shower, put pants on and interact with other adults is actually a good thing for most of us. In addition to the desks, chairs, fast Wi-Fi and coffee, our co-workers get access to each other, something they cannot get working from home alone. Also, there are way fewer distractions here. Though, if by mid-morning you really would prefer to unpack a dishwasher instead of responding to an email, then by all means, go ahead. If you know someone who could benefit from having a place to go to get their work done, be sure to let them know that there's a co-working space available in downtown Toowoomba and they are most welcome to come and join us, as are you. This week, I'm delighted to introduce you to the next fabulous female founder from our Flair Incubator. Anna Battle is the founder of Shiny Happy Art. She creates experiences for everyday people who are looking for more creative ways to express themselves and to find that happy place to sit in at the end of the day with a glass of wine in one hand and a paintbrush in the other. Through her online classes, Anna has been able to help people all over the world And during these recent, particularly challenging months of home confinement, she's found so many people who need this type of relief from the stress of COVID. Anna and her team are the most colourful members of our Flair family, and I'm sure you'll be inspired to pick up a paintbrush before the end of this episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, Anna. I'm really looking forward to our conversation, having watched you for a while and now getting to know you a lot more. Looking forward to hearing some of the answers to the questions that we have for you today. So welcome. Thank you very much, Joy. It's great to be here. Now, Anna, tell us just a little bit about yourself and about Shiny Happy Art. Okay. Well, Shiny Happy Art is the culmination of all the art, I suppose, that I've done over the years. 
I've always considered myself an artist. My mother is an artist, so we always grew up around a lot of art. So um, I, I loved art at school, all of that stuff. So Shiny Happy Art is my life's work. I suppose it's what I want to do. It needs to be successful. It has been successful. It continues to be successful. But in a nutshell, though, back to the story uh, already, <laughs> um, I, I have four kids. So that sort of contributes to the windy journey of Shiny Happy Art. So four terrific kids. The eldest is 21 and the youngest is 11. And I've done a lot of things. My background is in marketing and business. That was my degree and accounting. And I've also done a bit of a stint in the Army Reserve uh, and full-time Army service. And I think looking back on it now, uh, all these things have given me the skills that have become Shiny Happy Art. So primarily now, Shiny Happy Art is an online art class. So many formats, actually. Uh, I also do original art, though, and muraling. I was talking to you before we started, and I'm heading off to do a mural today. And it... Gosh, it feels like a bubble. I think Shiny Happy Art is just the bubble that wraps around all the things that I do. And the the words Shiny Happy Art came to me many years ago, probably about 2003. I was watching Sesame Street with my son and uh, REM came on and sang Very Happy Monsters. And I can remember that realisation that, ah, oh, Shiny Happy Art, like I knew it was from Shiny Happy People. So Shiny Happy Art, that sounds like what I would do. And so it, it has been a deliberate choice to not be my name, and I guess that's from my marketing background. It, it allows me to include other people in the mix and other expertise in the mix. Um, I probably thought bigger than I needed to when I started, which has also been an interesting learning. But now that I'm at the stage that I am, I'm very glad that I, I thought bigger in the middle at the beginning. So... Gosh, that sounds like a big amorphous lump, doesn't it, really? <laughs> I think that's just how life is, though. Like, there's so many pieces that come together in our lives to make it what it is and and it evolves and, and encompasses so much. So so you mentioned um, Sesame Street, obviously, and hearing uh, hearing that uh, song and, and thinking about the name Shiny Happy Art. But when you first got the idea to to create a business that was around art and obviously that was a passion for you what was what was going on in your life when you thought you know what I like art I'm going to make a business of it and this is what it'll be I think it was probably because I just had babe, a baby my first baby and and I've read a few books about this since and it is a very creative time I think when you've uh, I think a lot of people find when they give birth they suddenly have this urge to well it's probably a bit of nesting and all of that stuff as well but an urge to be creative it's it's a time out from the life that you had planned sort of going to uni getting a job doing all the the normal in inverted commas things and then suddenly you have to stop uh, uh with your with your first child and it's funny because it's probably a time of your life that you have the least control over your time but it does stop you doing the normal um workload or, or work direction that you you had before kids so it definitely happened around the time my, my son was born in 98 my, my eldest son was born in 1998 so um it, I had a bit of time there to to start being more obviously creative at home and that was everything I think from sewing and birthday cakes to birth announcements and things I had a graphic design I did do graphic design before that which was really self-taught and, and lined up with my marketing 
um, and that's sort of how that happened. But, yes, it was definitely because of childbirth. So and, and also want, and turning it into a business probably came because I wanted to contribute to the household because I was home with the kids and my, my husband at the time was in the army so he was away a lot and it made it very, very difficult for me to have a regular job again. So working from home for myself seemed to be the best option. I know I did start when my first baby was born doing graphic design from home and uh, when my husband also had a, a daughter so she would live with us and I know I had to, because he was away with work a lot, I picked her up from school and all sorts of things and and had to fulfill that part of the relationship so um it's it started though just probably with with graphic design and then painting and I can remember taking paintings to the markets and then some of them of course didn't sell and then a painting that I knew I really liked but I thought I don't know if people would hang it on the wall it was a picture of a hula girl and I still have that uh, I, I turned it into a handbag so I sort of cut it off the canvas and and sewed it into a plastic-covered handbag and put handles on it. And, look, I really liked it, really liked it and thought, oh, I could, I could do this. And I seemed to have a lot of ideas. But being home and having someone who was putting food on the table, I suppose, also gave me the flexibility to try a whole lot of things. So I, I've done from, from the hand-painted handbags at the markets um, I ended up buying an industrial sewing machine so that I could do that more efficiently. And I did employ a couple of people to sew for me so that I could paint. Sort of, I had I had one lovely friend, and it really was friends supporting each other. Um, I had one lovely friend coming in and undercoating and cutting the 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 fabric that I sort of I experimented so much to get it right, but ended up with a system um, that yes, yeah, she'd do the cutting, I'd do the painting, and then another friend would do the the sewing so we had quite a little system going but markets are exhausting and uh really good fun from a friendship point of view but try packing the car with with a whole bunch of kids and and trying not to make it affect your family life too much because markets are so unpredictable as well so it started with that and then I sort of had offshoots of uh doing homewares and I, I ended up getting fabric printed in America and sewing it all these things I could do from home around the kids and what else? I, I screen printed hankies on my kitchen bench at one stage because I had this idea that it would be so cool to have a hanky that said bless you. And uh, so I'm, I can remember talking about that with a girlfriend as we were walking with prams and then just figuring out how to do it. So um, it was a great experience. I knew I wouldn't make a fortune, but it felt fulfilling. And yes, it, it sort of grew into other things. And because I was painting so fast, I suppose, with, with the handbags, I had to learn to paint quickly. Otherwise, it wouldn't be cost effective. I knew how many I needed to make to make any sort of gin on, on the family budget. And I guess I've always had that sort of business mind, so that's helped it a bit. But, um, yes, I, I was driven to do that. And, and the fast painting also meant I was painting uh, for my for myself on, on walls, uh, on actual paintings uh, with a couple of girlfriends that I'd met through my kids. And the kids are, are definitely a big anchor in all of this. And people started asking if I taught. And I have never gone to uni for art, so I really resisted that for a long time. But then I stumbled across this idea of paint-alongs. 
So they were huge in America, the, the painted sip sort of style format, and they hadn't really taken off in Australia yet. But I, when I realised that they existed, I thought that is actually a way I could teach art. So when I, I started very, very small, I think I had four people in my first group. I had space in my house because we had a, an old strawberry packing shed out the front of the house. So it really I only used a small part of that room. But I started with a very simple uh, painting before Christmas and and um, and got a few friends over. And we, we were downtown actually. I'd had an art show on at a shop in the in the middle of town and I asked if I could use their, their place overnight. So I brought in one wonderful girlfriend who was German and I knew she would be interesting to see if she could follow my instructions and another friend who's a nurse and another friend who's just a beautiful hippie creative soul. So I had these three interesting personalities and I sort of did a test run on them to see how they would react, how long they would take with steps. And um, it was hilarious because my German friend basically did nothing that I instructed. So that was an interesting experience. It was great fun. We had a really, really terrific night. But seeing how those three different personalities would react to my instruction was really important and then I sort of got that gave me the confidence to to get started with the general public and that refined itself over many many years but it's lovely those friends are still really really close friends now so it's been wonderful to share the business journey with with those lovely lovely women um it's it's I feel like I'm 49 now so there are a lot of years that have happened uh in this process and I don't know if that's unusual but, um, yeah, so it's refined itself and refined itself. I was teaching for a number of years and working part-time. as well. I, was, I was working full-time for three and a half of those years and I just kept refining the process. And then, of course, I stumbled across a, an online class teaching about online classes. And I remember shelling out about $500 for that class and online class and thinking this is a big investment. Oh my goodness, this has to, this I have to make this worthwhile. Because when you've got a family budget and only one of you is working full time, really, or we had a lot of expenses by then, we had kids at private school, and uh, you really needed to be sensible about expenses. So um, when I did this online class about online classes, uh, it it was it had to work. So I ended up bringing in another girlfriend who helped me get that first class together in 2015. And by, by my accounts, I think we probably made about $5,000 between the two of us. And that seemed like a lot of money back then. So um, that really got us started, but it was great. Actually, as much as I feel like I've, I've been alone in the business, it's been my business name and it's been my, um, my, my business all the way along. I've had so much support from friends who just were listening were happy to listen to what I did because I wasn't in a business network. I It was so hard to leave the house because I had so many kids. It really had to be friends. They were the only contact. Friends and family have been incredibly supportive the whole way through um, uh, and understanding what I could do with my family versus what I could or uh, influence so much about what I could do with my business. But trekking along, we now have 54 online classes and a membership which started just a couple of years ago and I do have my sister working in the business with me um, often or you know every couple of days as a part-timer and lovely my lovely friend Linda who started as a student is now working with me in the business too Um, and it's wonderful to have have more people who are like really interested in what what's going on so it's been it's been quite a refining process 
um, over the years. And I can't even remember what the best question was that you asked me that got to this. But um, yes, it's 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 been such a big part of my life. I I guess I I at one stage I was like it was and it was shiny happy art and I I started a company and sort of invested in that thinking oh I'm going to pull in other artists it's going to be great, but then but then parenting um, sort of made me bring it smaller again I mean I had a bit bit of a gap between my two boys and my two girls but I can remember at one stage just even giving up on MYOB and going back to paper-based accounting because I couldn't get to the computer because I had too many kid responsibilities and I loved the mothering side of things I really really loved it Um, I guess changes have happened when I've been uncomfortable enough that I haven't been giving either my family enough attention or making enough money in the business. And that has, has created that tacking, I suppose, if when they talk about business being like you're a ship or a boat tacking with the wind, uh, that certainly happened the whole way along for me. So it's lovely to actually be involved with Flair now and have to focus uh, because you are accountable for that focus and deciding, yes, what is the most important scalable thing in this business and um, being forced to be publicly accountable for that has been really good for me um, because there are so many directions I can go. Um, I, I know lovely Ashley, who I've also met through Flair, said on a, a call on Monday that it's the curse of the capable. And I, I can definitely identify with that because all the way along I've thought I can't afford to pay someone, I can't justify paying someone, I've got to figure out how to do this myself. And uh, and I guess I'm a, I always want to be a lifelong learner. There's, there's so much to learn. But some, eventually you get to the point that you need to let the experts do their thing and you need to find a way to pay them so that you can do your thing because uh, your life is just as important and I can't spend half of my day doing stuff I really, really don't want to do because um, I'm called to make art. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's been a convoluted journey. That was probably a convoluted story and... Uh, there's been a lot of players on the journey, but there's always room for more. So I, I love being around nice people. It's always been a big part of my my drive. Uh, doing face to face classes, I have met so many nice people, and and given being given, a, you know, cr- constructive criticism, criticism, um, and advice along the way. Definitely, um, I've had beautiful feedback about life changing experiences because of art. Um, which drives me to keep going. Um, but, yes, the refining of the business now will we'll in turn come back and, and refine my life, which is so, so great and so exciting because um, probably a bit more balance is required. Definitely a bit more balance is required at this stage and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll just put the work in. It is like a, an intense workout. I always refer to my art practice at my art teaching practice as art fitness I'm teaching art fitness I am art fit and uh, this is a massive um, well when you referred to the first part of it as a boot camp I've never been a huge fan of exercise boot camps but I'm, I'm up for this business boot camp model um, because there is an end in sight too and uh, and I want to make the most of opportunities so yeah I can't, once again, can't remember what the question was that led me to that big long story. That's okay. It's wonderful to hear. And I think just hearing all the little pieces of it that have come together, but particularly the part around, you know, the the friends that have helped you along the way and whether that's 
through some sort of paid arrangement or just because they want to see you be successful and you obviously attract people who have a a similar passion to life as you do, um, maybe that have similar or different skills than you in in business and, and also in creativity. It's, it's really wonderful to hear you talk about that, but we also see that. And obviously with Flair, you've got Lauren and Linda there with you coming along and, and being part of that journey with you because they want to see you be successful as well. So, so it's really lovely. So no, it's, it was lovely just to hear you, hear you talk about it. You mentioned the tacking and I think that's actually a really good analogy of, of how we do things. Sort of we go one way because it feels like the right way to go because the wind is pushing us and, and working with us, but then it's going to stop or we need to change direction and, and and we have to actively do something to make that happen. And you've done that obviously throughout your journey with the, the online classes, but obviously with painting commission pieces or painting for yourself and, and making the bags because a painting didn't sell and all of those different types of things. So I imagine there's been a number of things on your journey that have gone really well as expected and then a number that probably haven't. So if you're sort of thinking about some of those things on the journey that may be a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a boating analogy and I can't quite think of it because I don't know boats that well, but that pothole in the road where it's it's kind of like I really thought this was going to work and I put my heart and soul into it and and then I learnt that it didn't and I had to change because of that or something had to change because of that. Is there anything that comes to mind that you think was a real pothole moment for you? I I think the potholes happened because of my personal life, I suppose. I think um, it, it things could be going okay and financially, but if I felt I was neglecting the kids or, um, or, or my phys- physically I just couldn't go any further, I do tend to um, throw my heart and soul into things. So there was a time with the bags, for, for example, that look, they were going well. I made over 500 bags in that in a couple of years there, which as a side side hustle um, was nothing to me sneezed at. And it helped, helped me teach or teach myself e-commerce. Um, so there was lots to be learnt there. But I realised I was just exhausted. I was, there was a Christmas holiday where I was just um, painting every day and sewing every night and because I had to be in the house with the kids at night. Um, my husband went away with work for quite a lot so I really had to prioritise them. But the potholes have been in my personal life, um, definitely, and that has affected the, the business. Sometimes I've had to look at things and go, and like the Hankies experiment, um, look, great fun, but I was never going to make my millions out of that. And many, many years ago when I was a marketing consultant, I read the books like Think and Grow Rich, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The E-Myth. So I had a bit of a basic understanding of what I wanted my business to be. I knew that just one idea could could um, financially set you up so I was I was I'm continually trying that one idea I think to figure is this it is this the one that's going to do it and some you know just aren't going to but they fulfill some sort of personal need but the potholes really have been personal um, and, and also look I, I took a full-time job as a marketing manager at one of the local schools um, because we had uh, financial needs we had um, a child at, at that private school and I had to decide how was I going to do it. So it was it was almost like turning your back on this heart business uh, to do it. Look, but it was great in so many ways. And then I got two, three years later, sort of turned my heart on that. Sorry, turned my back on that uh, that wage and and resigned because the side hustle business was going well again. So that 
I have been willing to change. There have definitely been potholes, but not so much much business based. I guess being being my own business too, I wasn't responsible to someone else for for uh, um, financial results, uh, which was really good, and I got that gave me the flexibility to to chop and change. These days, with a few more people involved in my business, I am a bit more responsible. Um, actually, now that I'm talking. One pothole would definitely be the second, the Toowoomba Second Range Crossing, which was hugely important. And Lord knows, locally, we've been waiting twenty years for this. But my house was right next door to where they cut the cutting for the Second Range Crossing. I can remember with one of my daughters, probably the one that was born in two thousand and seven, or the one two thousand. I've had a few kids; they get a bit mixed up. I do love them all and know their birthdays. I really do, but. I can remember feeding one of these babies, <laughs> these many babies, uh, like at three o'clock in the morning and, and hearing the boom of them blasting for the pilot tunnels, thinking, oh, look, it's happening. It didn't bother us at all. Um, but I can remember living with that boom. But then a decision was made a few years later when they finally decided to go ahead that it would be a cutting. And that was a major, major, um, had a major effect on my business. I just left my full-time job. Um, in the December, in the March, and I was, I was running classes out of the front of my house. Um, I, I did use the front of my house for parking. We didn't, it didn't bother anyway, anyone. I was doing everything by the book. But the second range crossing um, basically meant two and a half years of roadworks on our front door and I couldn't run my classes from that spot anymore. So on top of the fact that I'd left a full-time job and I needed to replace that wage, it was also this added stress of figuring out how was the business going to look if it couldn't function in the location I had been doing it in for years and I had planned to continue doing it in. Um, so it was a massive shift and, and meetings with big businesses and politicians and trying to figure out how we should do this. Um, and, and Lord knows the second range crossing was sort of made up as it went. Like they made no secret of the fact they were building the parachute after jumping off the cliff because they didn't exactly know it was such a deep cutting. They didn't exactly know where things were going to go. And it, um, it majorly affected my business. I had to find a location to rent for the first time, which meant bigger commitments financially. It meant bigger workload for me because I had to make sure I paid myself as well as paid those extra expenses for the first time ever. Um, it was massive. It was, it was emotionally exhausting and, and uh, business wise, it was exhausting. Uh, the number of meetings that, that you have trying to sort out um, pr- protecting your family and protecting your business. And that when you're sitting at the table as a self-employed person and you're the only person in that room who is not earning money, in that meeting because everyone else is on a wage. It felt terribly unfair the whole way through. Um, And, uh, look, it wasn't a terrific outcome for us as a family, that's for sure, but it it made me realise I could stand on my own two feet with business because I was forced into it. Um, And it also made me feel realise what was important because I only stayed in that, that rented studio for two years because, once again, it took me away from my family a lot on the weekends and evenings, which were really important, and I could see the kids growing and, and didn't want to miss that that precious time, and I knew I needed to change things. And once again, that realisation led me to pushing with the online course membership as a way to go. So um, it wasn't a pothole that was self-inflicted, I suppose, but, boy, it was a massive one, like literally <laughs> a giant cutting through a mountain next to our house um, in so many ways. It was an, the biggest pothole 
uh, short of some sort of volcanic eruption that could possibly have happened. And um, look, things do happen for a reason. We got through it. But, uh, yeah, it was massive. There you go. I, I didn't think I had a pothole till I started talking and then I realised I had a massive one. What do you know? That I, I think definition of pothole is exactly what that was, a big hole in the road to make a road in your front yard pretty much. So, wow. And and I actually didn't know that. All credit to you for getting through that. I, I feel like our family really took one for the team because it, it was important to Toowoomba, all of those good reasons, you know, and all the politicians cutting every ribbon. Um, but it made me realise the little people who are affected by these developments in cities, and we're, we're certainly not the only ones, but in that case, in that particular case, we were so affected as a family. It was an uh, um, incredibly traumatic time um, on so many levels. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I believe I'm a quick decision maker, so that was certainly to my advantage. And I, and I do believe that I will sort of the things that need to happen will happen. And uh, finding the studio I did was brilliant and it, it, uh, it made everything very real in terms of, of here I was actually running a business, paying myself a wage, paying all the bills. It, was, it made me really grow up as a business person, I suppose. But being conscious of the price I paid uh, in the background was also um, important. So, yes, anyway, going forward, I think the whole thing will be a lot healthier. Um, and that's certainly front of mind now, making sure that I can physically cope with what the business does next and not only myself physically but what with my business and my personal life. So, um, yeah, and the people around me too. It has to be good for them as well. I really care for the people that I work with. I care for the people that buy my products and, and do my art classes. I do. It's just in my nature to care and I'm not, I'm not rejecting that nature, I suppose. I want everything to go forward in a very heart-centered way uh, that's very very important to me and I'd love to end up I know I was listening to your interview with Amy and Sean of Pleasant State just yesterday and they have such a drive for their business uh, and to to create a business that uh, is it works on this specific model of being very good for the planet and is still profitable and successful and I guess my model too is that I can run a heart-centered business that is not cutthroat and and I do care for everyone who who pays me to do something and everyone that I pay to do something I want that to be a model that is successful Uh, and and I will I will do that because it is my life's work it has to work on so many levels it's lovely to hear you and the way you talk about that. Now I can't talk. Are you cheering up, aren't you, Joy? <laughs> so, um, but, but to hear you talk about it in that way, I think it is really important to recognise your purpose and why you do things the way you do them and why you make decisions the way you make them. So, so well done to you for that. I can only imagine that over the years, and we're of a similar vintage and our children, first child was born in the same year as well, but over, over that entire time, there's probably been some things that you've gone, you know what, I am really proud of. What about some of those? Tell us one or more of those. The, the things that spring to mind first up are the, are the beautiful people who are giving me feedback that, that doing art that I've led them to has changed their lives. And it's, it's I actually I have a kiss-kiss file. I don't know who it was. I can remember someone saying when you get good feedback, uh, you've got to hang on to that for the, the down days and they called it, they, had, they said they had a kiss kiss folder. So I actually have a kiss kiss folder in my emails now and I have 
uh, a kisses folder on my Instagram account in the highlights as well as a way of me managing the testimonials that come through. But I have a beautiful local lady, Debbie, who I, I, she was one of my very first uh, students who did paint alongs with me back in about 2013. And she's become a wonderful, wonderful friend. That's been the biggest gift this business has given me. And she will say to my face, she's a very effusive Canadian, oh no, American woman from Oklahoma. And she will say, look, you have changed my life. And it's like, oh my, like that's a huge responsibility, but um, I'm so grateful that she said it back to me. And and even yesterday, I got a beautiful testimonial from from a woman who said, I'm painting so much more and it's all because of your inspiration. And, and that is just wonderful as well. I mean, I did write a book a couple of years back, um, 2015, a book painting party was published and it was great. I had an American publisher. It was really, it felt like a big sense of achievement opening that box of books. Um, and I'm so glad I did that too. Uh, but it's funny, I, I, I rarely look back and that's something enough bringing back to Flair and, and other personality tests I've done over the years. I, I rarely look back. There's so much to look forward to. Um, I know you should stop and smell the roses and you should celebrate the wins. And I was thinking, I can't even really remember exactly when my business started. I'd have to look back at my ABN form or something to get an idea because I just don't look back very often. Um, I can celebrate the wins, but the next thing is always in the, on my mind. Um, look, and, and once again, once you get to a certain age, I think I just accept the character traits that don't bother me too much. There's plenty I want to change, absolutely. But but sometimes I just think, no, that's just the way I am. And I'm I can't change that. I'm not, I don't desire to change that anymore. Um, so yes, I, I it's lovely working with people a bit more regularly. We do celebrate a few things, but but those personal testimonials that come through um really make my day. I, I get a bit, you know, blushy about it all, but uh it it makes me realize that what I'm doing is beyond just the dollar. Uh, exchange and I am a big believer that the money isn't coming to me it's coming through me and that's sort of helped me with the sales angle of my business sort of anything that you pay me then goes on to pay another supplier and the money goes around Um, so I, I think that's really helped me get my head around asking people for money for what I do because I gosh I, I would love to give it. I really would love to give it, but um, I do need to to uh, keep my family afloat and keep food on the table at the end of the day. So, um, yes, the feedback, the personal feedback, gosh, that drives me. It's it's wonderful. That's a really nice way that you put it as well about the money moving through you. And even when you think, you know, I have to, I have to earn this money because I have to put food on the table, but that farmer is earning that money. Like it's passing still to somebody else. Um, exactly. even in that way or, or passing to your art supplies. Oh, um, boy, is it ever. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot and, of money goes on art supplies. You should see my garage right now. <laughs> my goodness. I've just moved and moving the entire business uh, with all of the art supplies. It's an, I mean, it's not an eye opener. I knew there was a lot there, but it's, um, oh gosh, it's a, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be grown up with so much fun stuff in your garage. Really, really good. It does <laughs> sound good. Very good. There's obviously a reason that you've signed up for Flair as well and, and you know, we know what that is, but maybe if you can share a little bit about, you know, what's that motivation to, to come into a program like Flair, which is about pushing you along in a direction, obviously, that you, of your choosing, 
but helping you move forward into that into that new space that you aspire to go into. So, so I guess why did you join, and and what is it that you're aiming for? Look, I I guess I I joined because I am a big believer in taking opportunities, and I had seen the information for Flair come across my come across my desk, but in an email form. Uh, quite a few times before I really looked into it because I did, didn't think at a glance I could commit the time that that seemed to be related to it. I've been a, a, one of those members of Canvas co-working just recently. I thought I, I need to I need to network more. I need to meet some more local people and, and keep myself happy um, by doing that. So I joined in that sort of external monthly format, I suppose, which was uh, felt like a good thing to do. So I've been getting all your emails but I guess I put off I, I put off applying because I didn't think I could fill in a form. Like so many um, so many uh, awards and and programs require you to sit down and totally pull your business apart, give away all your secrets and finances and everything, and it's a huge commitment to to apply. And I I really had assumed that a program like this would be difficult to apply for, so. But I have a part-time job at the moment, um, mainly to, to manage uh, divorce uh, considerations. But I actually looked up Flair. I knew the time was coming. It was close to the, the close date. And I thought, I better just have a look. How hard is it to apply for this? And, yes, I was a female-led uh, founder. I was already partially international um, um, from the region. I, I fitted all of the bill. But it was so pleasant to go onto an online form that I honestly, I, I work at the local pool in a marketing role and I, I sat on the pool deck on my phone and filled in your form. And it just was so easy to do. I appreciate that so much because it meant that it, and I knew at the other end, you would have to be looking at my website and actually making your, um, your judgment or your, your call on what I already put out into the world. Um, but if there had been more, required like sitting down with with bank statements and profit and loss statements and things and having to give you all of that stuff I could not have applied for it I really couldn't um, because I didn't have that sort of spare time Um, so thank you for doing a very simple process and thank you for doing the work at the other end um, that would have been required to to uh, do that and look even when you called me about boot camp I didn't really know what boot camp was and I had to look it up um and, and I had to make a very quick decision. I think he called me on the Monday and I had to be there on the Thursday or something of that week and, you know, juggling kids, all the rest of it. Um, but I have a, a lovely network of friends and family who, who came to the party and said, this is important. Um, we'll make it happen for you. And I'm so glad I did. Um, I've always taken opportunities over the years. So that was like, can I do this? Oh, my God, it's this Thursday. Can I really do this? who's going to pick up the kids and who's going to do the dance run that night. It was all so logistically based. Um, the, the, it could have very easily been a no, but then it's like far out and being handed this opportunity. Um, so I just sort of jumped in and, and yeah, found out more about it once I got there. So boy, am I delighted that I did though. And, and I feel so lucky to have got through the selection process. Um, I mean, so many of us did because, Every person in that room is a delight and and I I thrive on that stuff. I I love true friendships. I only want to work and hang out with people that I would cook dinner for, not just take you out for dinner. I want to I want to be with people I would cook dinner for. That's been my 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 line in the sand of wherever I work and spend my time. Um, 
even at the pool where I do this job, gosh, I work with some lovely, lovely people and it makes the job a joy. So, uh, yes, it's all about those people connections to me and Flair's certainly delivering there and, and also understanding that I have a slightly different business to many of the other people in the room because it's an online product because um, I am the content creator. I haven't just made a product and then need to sell it. I have to make the product continually actually. Um, so there's a lot on my plate. Uh, so it is lovely to have, you know, give that feedback about my business and, and have, have you guys have an understanding of my business and, and be delivering assistance and guidance that is so tailored. So uh, thank you so much for that. It's been, it's been a gift and I can't, can't believe that it's a 16-week program that I've committed to. This is the longest thing I've done since uni, really. Um, I did army training courses for a couple of weeks at a time compared to this. So it's a, it's once again, it's a joy to get to know people um, over four months. And I, I think there are lifelong friendships coming out of that and lifelong friendships on top of multiple business successes is, is bloody marvelous to be a part of. So yes, um, I'm realizing all the people who are outside my home that are doing wonderful things. I sort of, I really am head down, bum up producing stuff um, almost every day of the week, actually. But it's, it's lovely to know that uh, it's so worthwhile to stop and just talk and meet people. And I love small business in general. So it thrills me to hear about other people's stories and uh, relate that back to mine in some way, I suppose. But no, it just thrills me on a personal level. Um, other people's success or or how I can help other people as much as other people help me I hope like the money's coming through me I hope the help is also coming through me um, people help me I want to help people it's as simple as that um, it's it's really important to me so yeah Flair's been brilliant but it all started with a very simple form so thank you for that I am glad that that worked for you and yes that was my intention because I hate filling out things where you know that somebody does not need to know that information to be able to make a decision. And for us, the decision-making was always going to be based on the person and we needed to make sure that they they had an idea that we could help them with, but bringing those that we were able to invite into Selection Boot Camp to get to know them as people over a couple of days, fairly intense couple of days, to see how they handled pressure and how they handled feedback and how they interacted with each other, that was our core reason for it. So we certainly didn't want a form to be a barrier for that. So I'm glad that 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 worked for you and I believe it worked for others. And it's also, in my opinion, at least, uh, one of the biggest things in Flair is the network, is the cohort, the people that you get to meet. And I I think we've done a good job bringing you all together. I, I totally agree. So with, I guess, the progress of Shiny Happy Art, if someone's listening to this and they're going, I, I want that too, like I want something like that, I have those aspirations. If you were chatting to them and they hadn't started that journey yet, what would you suggest to them they do in, in order to get going? I would start at the end and work back to the beginning. I think with pretty much every, every uh, project that I do, I, I now do that from a financial point of view. So if I'm if I'm doing a series of videos and I think, okay, how much time is this going to take? 
I, I'm not a big time for money person. I really disagree with the concept of being paid per hour. So uh, that makes my um, my job at the pool a bit uncomfortable every day. I think being paid per hour is is encouraging me to work slowly and you wanting me to make me work, work faster. So with everything I do, it's 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 financially and personally, uh, what is it worth to me? So I'm doing a mural at the moment. I, I quote on time, talent and materials and that, that talent angle sort of gives that amorphous because I need to be charging a fee that I'm happy to get out of bed and go and do the job. So uh, with everything, and especially if you're in the arts and the creative industries, it's hard to put a dollar figure on something that you probably enjoy doing as well. And also if you've got a, if you've got a support network behind you, it's hard to justify um, asking for more money when you have got food on the table, I suppose. I was listening to a podcast just the other day and they said uh, they believe entrepreneurs need to have that plan B or that backup system or that support behind them to really throw themselves into it. And so that definitely helps. But I'd say don't quit your job too soon. Um, do, do, do test things on the side. Um, but believe that you know what's going on too. I, I have a marketing mind and, and marketing comes very easily to me in many ways. I need to refine things. There's always ways to improve, but um, I guess there's a bit of psychology involved in marketing. So I feel like I don't stop and test very often because I, I do know my, my customer um, because I talk to them all the time and I think um, I really think about who I'm talking to every step of the way. So um, look, work backwards, work backwards from a personal point of view and work backwards from a financial point of view. If at the end of the day, you are going to be spending the day doing things that you really hate um, and don't work for you physically or mentally, um, that's probably not what you should be doing. You need to find other people to help you um, do all the, the crappy stuff or the stuff that isn't your zone of genius um, um, if you're going to go forward with that project. Um, and and financially, yes, if you need to make this many dollars a, a week to cover your rent and your expenses, sort of extrapolate that out. That becomes this, this many dollars per year. Remember, you cannot work every week of the year. Um, I found in my studio-based business, I based all my expenses on working a 40-week year, which was four 10-week terms, and that gave me the the fat I needed, I suppose, to get through paying my rent over the Christmas period when I didn't have any classes on. So um, I also found like when I was painting originally, I actually set myself a bit of a daily target. I knew I needed back then I wanted to make $200 a day. That's $1,000 a week. Um, that's a $52,000, you know, would have been closer to 40, 45, I suppose, once you take out the weeks you're not working. But I thought as a, as a second income, that would be a really good way to go. But daily targets, um, when you have a life that is not in your own control because of kids and other responsibilities, uh, daily targets can stress you out. Oh my God, because the day will come and that kid is sick and you are not making your $200 or $2,000 or whatever you set yourself that day. And you can end up being really cranky about that. And that's not good for your kids. It's not good for you as a parent. So even in the studio, when I was doing things really, I think it was probably the smoothest my business been, has been in terms of understanding my finances and what was coming in and going out. Um, uh, I, I didn't even work monthly, actually. I had to pay my rent monthly, so it was driven to that. But I actually worked on quarters. I needed to make this much per quarter 
And that was the level that my body could physically handle <laughs> uh, achieving. And so I would sort of push hard to achieve that quarterly goal earlier so that I could relax a bit and then push hard again. And that, that rhythm of, of pushing and, and stepping back a little bit did work for me really, really well over those couple of years. So, yes, start from the end, but, but put your personal life in there as well as your financial life. Um, and it's pretty simple as long as you you <laughs> spend less than you earn um, that is the basis of it even when you want to give stuff away um, if you're giving one thing away you have to be earning it somewhere else so whether that's through your part-time job or whatever it might be um, yes you, you've got to have that end figure in your mind and your own personal figure in your mind I think so there you go that's the advice start at the end great advice I like that one well, we are almost to the end of our conversation and I'm sure there's some people listening going, I need to be more creative. I want to be more creative. I don't know where to start and I need some help with that. How can people find Shiny Happy Art and what can they access through through your platforms? Fantastic. Well, I'm very glad you asked, Joy. Uh, shinyhappyart.com, simple as that. Um, I'm also on the socials, so Facebook and Instagram. I, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram. I wouldn't have a business without social media, so that has also been a gift to me in recent years. But the website uh, will be changing a little bit in the coming uh, weeks and months because it will be focusing on online classes, especially with COVID. It's been, um, it's, it's. I think people have uh, got warmed to the idea of staying home and doing something. But I think art should be really accessible. So I have free online classes and I don't even think of them as classes. And once I, I, I struggle to call them classes a lot of the time, I'm getting a bit better at it, but um, online experiences, I just want people to pick up a pencil and I don't care what they're drawing on, whether it's the inside of a cereal box or whatever it might be, but to have that experience of, of drawing what's in front of them is, is such Oh, it, it can be wonderful and then filling a book so yes my website is the best place shinyhappyart.com um, I do get a lot of messages through social media I do a lot of Facebook lives so if you go to my Facebook page there's also a group there called shiny happy painting and or drawing and painting with Anna shiny happy drawing and painting with Anna I put the shiny happy in front of everything but uh, I think I did a project recently called shark cards which is shiny happy art cards I painted on playing cards but people thought they were tarot cards, all sorts of things. So I've got to realise I say Shah, but other people have no idea what I'm talking about, but that is shiny, happy art. So once again, a long, long answer to a very simple question. It's the website. Go to the website. And if there's something broken on the website, let me know. That would be great. Thank you very much. That's always a helpful thing. Sometimes we go, oh, it's broken. Now I have to fix it. But at least I know it was broken. So that's... Absolutely. And someone was reading it in the first place. Double bonus. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Wonderful. Well, shinyhappyart.com, nice and easy. Is there anything that someone listening could do for you to help you at this point in your journey? What do you need? I need more people to know about me. Simple as that. So uh, I'm looking for PR opportunities. I'm looking for podcasts to feature on that, that talk about creative creative lives and fitting it in with family. I think that is certainly something that is uh, important to me and I have experience in staying creative alongside a family. So um, I'm looking for um, publicity. I'm looking for people to tell their friends. I think everybody's got a friend who is a bit arty or they think might be interested in it. 
Um, I think creativity is a gift to give our kids as well. So I think in general with parents, I'd love parents to be more comfortable with just drawing and sketching at the dinner table and passing that skill and that comfortableness onto their kids. Um, I want people to realise they don't need to be professional artists to do what I do and join me with what I do. There's no pressure at all. So have, knowing that background to what I do, I'd love people just to tell other people. Um, I need that help with my networks. I am asking people to share, um, but I'm a bit shy with it, asking for the testimonials all the time. Um, I, I'd prefer to be doing the talking. That's shocking, isn't it? I'll do the talking and and um, I need more people to talk about me. So, yes, and internationally, I really appreciate that. I've got wonderful people all around the world, um, but I sort of need to 10 times that to be able to do this really comfortably um, and, and give up the other things, not comfortably even financially, just comfortably time-wise is what I'm gunning for. So, um, yeah, just tell a friend. Tell a friend, please, Shiny Happy Art. Thank you very much. And, and everyone can do that, I'm sure. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Anna. It's really lovely to have this time to just chat one-on-one with you and I look forward to seeing what you do through Flair and beyond that and I will jump online and share something from your page right now. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Thank you very, very much, Joy. It's been a delight. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye. Well, That brings us to the end of this week's Ideas Into Reality episode and we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned that will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and let your friends know too. They might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode.